Here's your weekly dose of Uncommon Sense with Cass. Brought to you by College of the Ozarks. Developing citizens of Christ-like character who are well-educated, hardworking, and patriotic. On 93.3 and AM 560, KWTO. Welcome back to Uncommon Sense with Cass. As promised, I have a very, very special guest on the line with me today. Her name is Sarah Forhetz, but I don't think she needs too much of an introduction because she is um, a bit of a local legend around the Ozarks, and I'm so blessed that she has um, decided to spend a few minutes with us this morning. Good morning, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Sarah, I just got to say, I grew up watching you and Ethan on TV, and so to be able to have this opportunity where now I've gone through high school, I've gone through college, and I'm in my own broadcasting career, getting to talk to you on my show is a little surreal. I know. You know what? You're aging me, but it's okay. Um, They say that there is wisdom with age, so I'll take it. I'll take it. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on, and we have Ethan on our morning show quite frequently um, representing Convoy of Hope. And um, listeners, if you don't already know, um, you may uh, have seen billboards around town. Ethan and Sarah have their own podcast that they do, and they're also um, the spokespeople for Convoy of Hope, which is a wonderful organization that helps people that are facing natural disasters and, uh, you know, disasters like war all across the globe. And um, that's what they're up to now. You probably remember them from KY3 News. But um, right now she is on and I want to put I want her to put her podcast hat on. I want her to put her speaker um, a speaking engagement hat on because I want to ask you about a, a bit of a biblical perspective kind of question. Right. And so you're somebody who's been in the public eye for a long time. You've been a leader. You've been um, you've been over people. You've been uh, very outspoken with your beliefs, um, and so that's something that is not easy. When I first stepped into the world of politics in um, radio, I was met with a lot of questions regarding you know how are you going to handle yourself in a world that's you know so so aggressive, right? It's a shark world. I just want to ask how you handle that. You know, I, I know that I am bold in personality just by nature, but um, I don't feel like that that is a requirement either because I feel like when you know who you are in Christ specifically, um, and I know that we're not only speaking to Christian people, so really um, when you are confident and solid in your call, um, I think for the Christian it has a much deeper meaning. Uh, but either way, whether you're a believer or you're not, if you're solid in your call, in your mission, it doesn't really matter what your personality type is. It doesn't matter what your gender is. Um, you are on a mission to fulfill that mission. And I think it's, it just comes, there's a clarity in my mind, like what the Lord has called me to do, what he's positioned me to do. Um, I'm not comparing myself to anyone. I'm about that. I'm not worried about public opinion. Uh, I'm worried about whether I am stewarding well what has been given to me. And there is such a freedom and a peace in that that I would not change it for anything in the world. Absolutely. And, you know, specifically thinking, you know, about women in leadership, what do you think it means to be a, a, a strong female leader who, who has authority over groups of people and influence? What does that look like to, to, be, um, to be a strong female leader who reflects her faith well and um, leads people well? 
I think that the best leadership, uh, whether it's coming from a male or a female, is humility. Someone who's humble enough to say, hey, I might be the one in charge, but it's not because I have it all figured out. It's not because I even have the best ideas on all things. But I'm humble enough to say, hey, I'm leading. And so there will be, um, like, I will have the, the final say, if you will. But 100%, I value you as a person, as an employee, and I want your input. I want your feedback uh, because there is more than one way to skin a cat. Um, And so just leading with humility will go a long way. You can diffuse a person's, you know, hostility toward you with humility. Uh, You can diffuse um, someone's ego with your humility if you're if you happen to be in in a position of power over them. Um, but being humble enough to say, uh, listen, I might be in this seat right now, but on any given day, you know, you might be promoted ahead of me and I want to maintain a working relationship, a healthy working relationship, which means I value your opinion. I value your feedback. Um, and then if you don't end up taking their feedback, ultimately explaining the why behind the reason that you didn't goes a long way. It's kind of like the parent who says, because I said so. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that might work on, on occasion, but if you want compliance, if you want um, a change of behavior, if you can give them some insight into the why, it actually will deepen the relationship. So really, relational leadership over just being a leader because of your position of power. Right. How do you handle conflict in the workplace? Uh, head on. <laughs> I mean, in, in a phrase, head on, because... Um, I, I don't like that blows up in someone's mind because it's not addressed in the moment. Um, you know, sometimes you'll hear them say, you know, like marriage or something like, I need my space. Um, and I'm sure that a psychologist would give you all the list of reasons why that is appropriate and, and healthy. Uh, but guess what? I'm not a psychologist and I only know what I know, which is to handle the issue in the moment. Um, head on without splicing words so that it doesn't get magnified into being something bigger than what it actually is. Because, you know, even in my own personal life, like I can, you know, think of different conflicts I've had, um, whether they be personally or in the workplace. And if you don't deal with them, they tend to grow. And sometimes they take on their own persona larger than life whenever really at its core, it wasn't that big of an issue. So I always feel like the quicker you can handle it, like truly not letting the sun go down on your anger. I mean, that is a biblical principle, but that's true um, for Christians and and in the non-Christian world alike. I mean, the secular world, like if can, can learn a, a thing or two from from Scripture where it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. In my mind, that is an actual literal application, like truly the sun down, like the end of the day, handle it, resolve it before the next day. Something I've been learning um, a lot in my early career years. I'm 24, graduated from college, the Ozarks in 2020. Um, and so it's been about three years since I entered the professional workforce. And there's been times I've learned lessons the easy way and then the hard way. And one of those lessons that I'm consistently learning is the balance between respecting respecting people that are over you standing up for yourself 
handling the business acumen and the, um, you know, professional language that you need to use to have difficult conversations, but also knowing how to confront conflict head on. It's like you have to balance all of these different things and these different um, personality types and such. What advice would you give to a young person like me who is figuring out how to be the best young professional they can be in those situations? Uh, listen more than you speak. I would say if you if your goal is to listen to them and to hear them, uh, so often something can be diffused by just listening. I mean, a lot of people, especially when you work in a public career, um, I mean, I can remember specific examples of where people would call the TV station just angry about something, and maybe rightfully so. You know, I mean, sometimes, you know, you, you would think, really, that's what you're angry about? But other times, I mean, rightfully so. And so just to listen to them, like people want to be heard and they want to know that you genuinely value, it's not just lip service, like you genuinely value their feedback um, because this, the same people who are critical of you, you still have something to learn from them. I mean, sometimes you need to get a sicker skin and recognize like, wow, they might be right about that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and be willing to be wrong and to own it when you're wrong. Um but like you said in your in your question there is respect, like respecting that we all have different perspectives because we all have different life experiences and upbringings um, and recognizing that your way might not be the only way um, and learning when to bend and then when to stand firm and stand your ground. Because for me, if it's not an issue of my faith, if it's not an issue, even uh, honestly, of salvation, like saving faith um, with the Bible talks about saving faith i'm not going to argue that point with you i don't care i don't care to argue that point like there are very few things that i will care to actually argue or fight um and that is truly the good fight of faith because if if you um know your conviction then it makes your list of arguments much much shorter (laughs) because there are very few things that i will die on the hill for and that is one of them Um, but there's not really more than one, honestly. So that right there takes care, at least my own personal life, of a lot of the things that could be argued. Um, My next question for you is, how can somebody who is a person of faith in the workplace, what what things should they do to conduct themselves differently um, and above and beyond uh, the average, you know, even hard worker that reflects their faith well um, is a living testament to who they are and, you know, the, the God that they serve without necessarily being that person in the workplace that shoves their faith in people's face, right? Like, how do you conduct yourself to reflect your faith well? Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, you you got to be good at your job. Um, you know, if, if the creator of the universe positions you in a place, um, you should learn your craft well um, because you're trying to garner respect from people who, don't necessarily just respect you because you're a human, um, you know, but you got to earn it. And there's nothing like earning a respect and earning a seat at the table when you're actually good at your craft. So whatever it is, whatever your work is, um, just making sure that you're staying with a skill, that you're learning the skill, that you're growing and developing your skill, um, because that right there will speak volumes to the watching world whenever you actually have gained some clout in their mind because you've gotten good at something. Um, And then beyond that, I would say um, making sure that you are speaking the truth in love, because sometimes, 
you can have too much love and no truth or too much truth and no love. But scripture is very clear um, that we're to hold both of those things in balance. Um, and I mean, I'm a person of prayer. I mean, you, you will not find a Christian who doesn't pray. If you find someone who calls themselves a Christian and they don't pray, then they're not a Christian because the Bible's super clear about communing with the Lord, you know? So um, God will solve a lot of our problems if we ask him. You know, he says in James, we have not because we ask not. Um, and that's not just material things, you know, that's wisdom. He says, ask for wisdom and I'll give it to you freely. I mean, it might not be a logical way to solve the fight. Um, I mean, I think of Joshua at the Battle of Jericho, and, and God says, hey, you're going to go take the city down, like a literal city with literal walls built up, super high, super thick walls. I mean, 90% of the time, you're calling the bulldozer, right? Unless you have some good shovels, you're calling the bulldozer. Well, that's not what God instructed him to do. He actually said, just walk around the city. Just walk. That's what I want you to do. Walk around the city over and over and over again. I mean, that's not conventional wisdom, and too often in the workplace, especially if we work in a secular place, we can be leaning, um, even as Christians, accidentally, on the wisdom of the world and saying, well, how would other people in my workplace do this? Well, that might solve some problems, but there are some problems that you need God's wisdom, you need God's strategy, and they are not always, um, and, and in fact, often, the, the strategy of the world. So be willing to ask the Lord for help. Um, to help solve conflict, to help come up with um, a better idea, a more creative idea, something that's more workable or sustainable, um, asking the one who can give you the answer. Absolutely. And I was watching a Priscilla Schreier video yesterday um, about inviting God's favor up, uh, upon your life and you know, realizing that um, the successes you have are not because you're just some spectacular human being who um, is just so great at you know, at school or you're so great at, you know, being um, a hard worker that you earned all of the success that you have that um, as a Christian, you have to give that credit back to the Lord and say, you know, the Lord has decided to open this door for me. The Lord is the person who um, put this favor upon my life and I don't deserve it. And it um, could slip through my fingers at any time. And, you know, honoring that favor that he has put on your life, especially if you're in a position of influence or if you're in a position of leadership, um, knowing how much you need to rely on the Lord to guide every step and every choice you make, because it's so easy to, um, like you said, you talked about humility earlier. It's so easy to get arrogant. And if you have a big success in business or in the workforce, or maybe you're a community leader, you're over a club or an organization, um, it's easy to start to think, oh, I did this, I earned this, and I'm so great, la di da di da But that's not true, is it? it? You really have to consistently remind yourself, the more successful you become, that all of that favor is owed back to the Lord. Right. Yeah, and I mean, giving credit where credit is due, uh, otherwise watching it slip away. I think uh, it's kind of the American way, or really the Western world way, to think that we are somehow the keeper and the creator of our income, of our job, of our creativity. Um, and he's the keeper. I mean, he says hold to all things loosely because tomorrow it could be gone. I mean, you could be on the top one day and the very next day the company shutters, you know, they announce layoffs and you're the first to go on the chopping block. It's just, um, yeah, it's recognizing that all that we have uh, as, as a believer in Christ is because of him. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. So am I stewarding it? Am I giving him um, the credit and the, and the due glory 
Um, and then am I reflecting his glory, like not taking any, um, I mean, it's pride really at the core of it. It's pride. And I think we're all prone to that. Um, but the more we can recognize where the gift came from, uh, the more likely we are to honestly stay in that position because the Lord is not going to, I mean, he says he's a jealous God. He's not going to vie for first place. Uh, in the life of a believer, like he will correct you. Life has a way of humbling us, you know, and um, to whom much is given, much is required. And uh, I mean, I don't think that's just a, a verse or a passage about finances, although it is that, but it's so much more than that. It's about your influence and how you're using it. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to get, pick your brain on is, um, you know, I, I am expecting, my husband and I are expecting our first baby in December and I oh, work. Yay! Congratulations! That's <laughs> Thank awesome. you so much. And um, one of the things I'm having to work through right now is how can I still be somebody who's very passionate about my career life, very invested, hardworking, etc., um, and and be a really good and involved parent. My husband and I both. Um, what does that look like, especially um, from a perspective of of, of the mother? Um, when, when you're having young kids and you work in a career like we work in. Right. Well, let me just tell you a testimony about that because I feel like there, I feel like it's case by case, situation by situation, but um, I have three kids. They're currently 10, 12, and 14. And I had two girls and then the boy came last. But after my second daughter was born, so my first daughter was two, and then I had a newborn. And I really felt the Lord was stirring my heart to quit my job, completely quit my career. And I fought and fought and fought against that. I was like, Lord, no, like, what are you thinking? But I just, like, I really thought it was him. But I was unwilling to really listen and to act upon that because I was trying to hold on so tightly to this career um, that I knew the Lord had put me in. That's that's kind of how I was justifying it, I think. I was saying, well, but God, you put me here, and I'm, I'm a witness here. Like, come on, why would you move me out of this? And there was a particular day where my husband, um, unbeknownst to him, I had not spoken a word to him about what the Lord had spoken to my heart. And it was a Friday afternoon. I'll never forget it. My husband said, hey, I think you need to quit your job. Wow. And I was like, what? And I got really angry, and I was crying. And he said, I just feel like I'm speaking to you what the Lord has already spoken and that you're justifying it because the kids are with me. You know, you're not like shipping them off to daycare or whatever all day, every day. And I think that he's already spoken that to you. And Ethan, my husband, was completely right. And as I went before the Lord, I was like, God, I, I'm realizing how tightly I'm holding on to this career because I loved, I loved every minute of journalism. Um, and so sure enough, I went in on a Monday, the following Monday, and I told my boss at the time that I was quitting. And he was like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, I have to. Like, I'm not seeing my kids enough. I'm here 10 hours a day every day. Um, it's just not working. And he said, okay, I'm surprised by that, but okay. Um, so he let me go. One week later, he called me back and he said, hey, what would it take for me to get you part-time? And I said, what do you mean part-time? Like, I, don't, I thought we didn't have part-timers in the newsroom. Like, we only have full-time people in the newsroom. And he said, you know what? I'm not worried about what the handbook says. This, I'm the boss and you're the worker. And here's my question. What would it take you to come back part-time? And it was the craziest thing because I, and, and I ended up cutting my hours from about 50 hours a week out on average to about 20 hours a week on average. And I have no doubt in my mind 
that God was the only one who could orchestrate that. There has been other people in my business asking to go part-time, and they were always told, no, 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 no. But when submitted to the Lord, but you know what he wanted? He wanted my heart. He wanted my willingness to not hold so tightly to this career. He wanted me to be willing to walk away from the thing that had become my identity. And whenever I was willing to let go of the thing that I was kind of holding on to as my identity at the time, when I was willing to lay that down, he allowed me one week later to pick it back up, except for it had been revolutionized. Like instead, instead, TV no, no longer had a hold on me, but rather I had a hold on it. Because all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? I was willing to walk away, and the Lord honored that. And so I don't know if that speaks to you. I, I do think that there will be a time and day after your baby's born where the Lord will have a reckoning with you, and it will be beautiful and glorious because he knows that he can trust you to steward what he tells you to do. And then you're going to have your own testimony. Um, and, and nobody can even fathom what it's going to look like, but it will be a testimony of how the Lord allowed you because you knew where your identity was, you knew where your um, help came from, you knew who really was your provider. And when you're willing to lay down those things, like he's not going to waste the gift that he's given you to communicate well um, to both entertain and inform and encourage and equip the saints in your listening audience. He's not going to waste that, but like it will come at a cost to you. Um, and you're going to figure, figure out that he will pay dividends on top of it. But I, I truly believe that he will call every believer to account and he will say, choose this day who you will serve and how you respond in that moment of um, faithful obedience will determine where he takes you. Wow, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that today. And I I just thank you so much for the blessing of sharing that with me and with our audience and spending time with us this morning. Man, I, I could hang on your every word and I've gotten to hear a couple times when you've spoken to groups. And um, I think the last time I saw you speak was at, uh, I think it was like a, it was a capital ministry. They do it in Jeff City uh, where they send... Um, I remember John, that. Yeah. John Battaglia's group. Yes. That, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Capital Commission. That, uh, there's and, a lot of work in Jeff City uh, for the kingdom of God. That's an awesome, awesome ministry. Absolutely. And I heard you speak then and I knew, man, if I could be lucky enough to get her to come on my little podcast and my little radio show, I'd be so excited. And I just uh, thank you for your time this morning. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I'm cheering you on. Listen, you got a number one fan over here. I'm cheering you on. And <laughs> So um, and I'm excited. Like, you'll have to keep me posted after little baby arrives. Um, and you're going to choose the Lord and he's going to raise you up. Like, you humble yourself under him and absolutely he will raise you up in due season. So fear not, my sister. 